commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! All right, uh, welcome to Core World News. This is Ben reporting, and uh, with a special edition for this week, I am joined via Holonet by Adele Barbado, who until a few months ago um, worked at the Lucas Museum for Narrative Art. Um, you were the head of collection management, um, and you worked in, in inventory. Um, and you work specifically with props, concept art, and costume collection. Um, so Adele, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Awesome. It's uh, This is great. Um, so maybe for our listeners, uh, what is the Lucas Museum of Narrative Art? Just in a brief summary. Yeah, uh, Lucas Museum of Narrative Art is... Um, it- not doesn't exist yet (laughs) it is currently being built um it is george lucas's um uh brainchild on how to to talk about the visualization of narrative stories right so it's it's um it my pause has to do with the fact that i think the institution is still working on its own mission as well um but uh by and large, it, it has to do with the uh, how stories are told um, it, in the in, in a visual way. Yeah, it looks yeah. fascinating. I you know I did some cursory research on it. I mean the the facility looks amazing. I mean it's an yeah. architectural yeah. architectural marble. Um, yeah, and and it's a pretty wide scope. Um, mm-hmm. For people that don't know, George Lucas is heavily invested in education. And that's yeah. a component of this. And um, there's fine art here, and there's a lot of mm-hmm. great stuff there. Yeah, the collections are uh, going to be really beautiful. I can't um, quite talk too much about them yet because they're not really yeah. uh, public. But um, from what uh, by time there, it seems like it's going to be a really just fantastic institution for uh, for everyone, just across the board. Like people, um, not just Star Wars, but uh, and not even just art. Like I think they're, and it's even trying to kind of transcend this idea of art, a bit of kind of leveling this idea of what's fine art versus what's um, uh, pop art or things like that, and just saying, well, this is this is how we we communicate. It's just a little bit for for everyone. I think it's going to be really really cool. Yeah, absolutely. So you might have the coolest job in the world. Um, can, <laughs> can you share a little bit about how you came to be an archivist for Lucasfilm and or Lucas this Lucas Museum and uh, maybe talk about your work there and um, and what you're doing now? Sure. Yeah. Um, so just to clarify terminology, I'm not actually an archivist. Okay. Um, ar- archivists work specifically with archives, which tend to be kind of paper paper collections. Um, uh, the I work uh, in collections management, so that is the uh, care, uh, accessibility, um, preservation of objects, okay. <clears throat> three-dimensional objects, things like that. So I came into this um, uh, through archaeology, actually, which I think wow. probably eighty uh, percent of the, the museum field and collections management probably came in through archaeology uh, as a way to like keep working with the objects, right? So. Um, I, uh, at a college, worked as an archaeologist on a couple of sites, and kind of when you're thinking about, you know, what the what the heck do you do with your life, um, yeah. thought that a sustainable way of really working with kind of historical objects and history in general, and, and kind of bridging the gap between both public and academia was museums. So um, that got me into collections management, and then it turned out to be um, 
a really good field for me because I am incredibly uh, anal retentive in my organizational <laughs> organizational capacity. So I, uh, and that's basically what it's all about. It's just organizing at this point, just information, data, physical space of just how you care and access these objects. So um, I came to work at the um, Lucas Museum um, uh, uh, right time, right place, actually. Um, I had the right skill set for what they needed to be done. I was working um, as a consultant and freelancer at the time, and they had this project pop up, and so I applied, and um, a week later, I had the job. Oh, that's amazing. And, and yeah. so nice that it happened quickly, too. It's yeah. always the worst when you have to like wait a while. And... Uh, absolutely, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So that is fantastic. So, um, so where did your Star Wars journey begin? Did you, are you a fan? When were you first introduced to Star Wars? So, um, I was first introduced to Star Wars in high school. I actually had a friend in high school where, um, I have very vivid memories of fantastic weekends spent doing nothing but watching all three movies back to back and playing ping pong and pool up in her attic. Um, sounds like the greatest time ever. It it was awesome, actually. It was really, she was a really good friend. Um, And uh, so I would say in high school, I actually was a really decent fan at the time. Really, like, for the sake of, you know, quoting Star Wars lines, right? Like, Boba Fett, Boba Fett where? You know, like that kind of thing. But but then um, as I grew older, you know, I I definitely watched the... um, well, I'll say this. I watched the first episode, episode one, when yep. it came out in the theaters and was not fully impressed, I'll be honest. Um, okay. wasn't, I, I was of that ilk of people, I think, who were such like strong adherents to the classic movies that like the newer movies were somewhat of a disappointment. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I didn't really follow it all too much after that. And then once... Um, so then when I got this job, actually, it's funny, when I got the job, one of the questions in the first round interviews was, how big of a Star Wars fan are you from 1 to 10? <laughs> you had to, like, rate, rate your fandom. So what I rated you... it about, like, a like a 7. 7. Okay. That's yeah. awesome. This is a safe space, I should mention, by the way. Like, there's no judgment <laughs> here. I am of the three of us, and I should mention that Grant and Adam helped um, pull these uh, questions together. They did a lot of the, the work um, with that, so... Um, thanks to them and um, I am the fanboy so I'm the one that loves uh-huh. everything just like unapologetically um, <laughs> unless I have to apologize for um, you know Lucasfilm or Disney or something um, yeah. and they're, they're much more new but it's fine I mean obviously it's a thing that has uh, varying opinions and you can like some parts and not others so um, I yeah, totally yeah. appreciate that and definitely I was at first I was an original trilogy diehard um, yeah. So I get that a lot. So what was it like? What what made you gravitate towards Star Wars? Um, like, what did you find compelling? Is it like the space fantasy aesthetic or um, any of the overarching themes or the characters, or the sound design? It's such a good question because it's such a it's such an enigmatic series for that reason, right? Like, what what are we all like so excited about <laughs> with this with Star Wars? I. I don't know what it was. I think that I I loved the um, the lightness of it, right? The comedy that's built into yes, it. Yes. I um, that might be one of my favorite aspects of it. It makes it so digestible to watch that way. Um, and you know, okay, so I I came to it um, first time I saw them was in the um, 
late 80s, early 90s, right? I, and at the time, I would argue that the uh, overall aesthetic of the films themselves, right? The transitions between scenes, <laughs> the, the costuming, yeah, the swipes, the um, costuming, um, all of that was so, like, fine-tuned and it was its own aesthetic in a way that was very appealing as well right it's very it's it's very i mean that very 70s-esque kind of groovy like um i don't know the whole like the entirety of star wars to me is like the swagger of harrison ford you know so i think that's actually what appealed to me the most about it Sounds like you were you have a little bit of Harrison Ford in you also going to be an archaeologist <laughs> and something, so I can see how that might attract you there. There um, is a funny, weird kind of like full circle thing to that, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> there is. I mean, I don't know. I don't, what do I know? I'm just a you know a podcast host. Um, so, um, so maybe just to jump back a little bit into what you did specifically. What what I'm sure our listeners want to know, like your day-to-day process or responsibilities. I don't know how much you can get into that or how exciting sure. it is, but as, as it regards to this stuff, like what, what are you doing in this world? Yeah, so what I did for the Lucas Museum was um, inventory the seed collection for the museum. And the seed collection was the uh, props, costumes, concept art that um, uh, George Lucas kept uh, under his property. Uh, during the sale to Disney. So um, the collection basically consisted of everything part of Lucasfilm prior to the sale to Disney. So all of the classics, the first uh, one, two, three episodes, um, all of Indiana Jones, the four Indiana Jones episodes. um, Wow. Any of his other stuff, like random collections, like uh, uh, um, Howard the Duck. I was about to say Darkwing Duck for some reason. Howard the Duck. (laughs) Sure. um, Can't forget about Howard the Duck. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you ever get a lot the duck? Creepiest collection I've ever cataloged, I'll say that. Um, uh, uh, what else did he have there? He had, like, uh, like American Graffiti. There wasn't much American Graffiti, but, like, you know, those, yeah. those types of movies. So um, that collection being a kind of corporate archive uh, needed to kind of have standards laid on it for tracking it for museum purposes, which is kind of a different level of standards. So... I hired a team, there was about four of us when it was all said and done, to um, go through one item at a time in the collection, uh, and um, we, we photographed it, we gave it a number, we identified it, we measured it, um, and we coalesced it all into spreadsheets, and then we populated um, a database. Wow, fantastic. So you, you got yeah. to see all of it. I mean, all I of it. I got to see people. all of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is so, so great. Um, yeah. Do you do you have uh, going away from Star Wars for a second? Do you have any th- any non Star Wars like a favorite prop or something that you you were able to see? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I yeah, I think I think one of my favorites actually was a Star Wars object. So like, I came away from that job having an incredible respect for the movie making industry Mm. right because the beautiful thing about that collection was getting to see uh the entire process of how you make a movie from concept to execution right um concept to costume basically and it's magic like the people who are making the props the people who are making um, the drawings are there just such incredible artists so for that reason alone I completely understand why George Lucas is making this, this institution so 
my, I think my favorite, it's hard, it's a really hard um, object to describe um, without being able to actually see, but, um, you know, for the first three movies, they, they had no money. It was very, um, uh, very, they had to be very innovative in how they kind of created their effects. Yeah. And uh, there's this one, um, you know, I, I don't, I can't even recall which scene it is or which episode it's in, but um, the scene, there's a in the archive, they actually have a picture of the scene so you can relate it um, to the object on the shelf. But the scene has one of the commanders and in the background, there are um, these giant generators behind him. Oh. And there's, he's obviously standing somewhere in the in the Death Star, and um, behind them on the shelf are the generators, and the generators themselves are actually made of stacked Solo cups and little ketchup cups <laughs> that they painted and they melted together um, to look spot on. And so when you see them in the scene, they're like, you know, obviously they, they kind of took this picture of these things um, far behind him. And then when they overlaid him on top of it, it just looks flawless. But these, but they actually made they actually made these generator these quote unquote generators. And what they made about out of I mean they stand maybe eleven inches tall and yeah. they're they're plastic cups. I mean it's just it's <laughs> so it's so creative, you know. And you would never you would never know. It, it completely changed my way of watching the movie. I'll say that. Yeah, that's always some of my favorite stuff to watch. I have like all the art of books and stuff and. Um, yeah, they it's 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 fascinating to see. It is it is art in motion. It's fantastic. Did you um yeah. did you uh happen to watch The Mandalorian? At, at all? I haven't. I have I have kept track of every single one of the Baby Yoda memes. I was going to say, yeah. You have seen the internet <laughs> though, right? Yeah, I, I do on the internet. Yeah. But I haven't um I don't have the um the Disney Plus net streaming. That's fine. Um, so, yeah. but given your, you're an expert in practical assets for Star Wars. So, what did you think <laughs> of Baby Yoda? Is that how does that rank among someone you what you saw? <laughs> <laughs> I actually love Baby Yoda. I think um, I I actually think the reason I love Baby Yoda is because of one meme in particular, and it's like the scene. Maybe you've seen it. So it's a scene where uh, I'm a assuming it's the Mandalorian, right, um, is in um, the cockpit of his ship, and yes. Baby Yoda is standing next to him, and he's, like, turning a switch, <laughs> yes. and he switches it off, and then he turns it on again, he switches it off, and the one meme has um, uh, oh, I can't think Baby of Yoda switching it on. Yeah, 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 and it's, like, I can't remember what song it is that, like, switches on, but it's, like, some, like, 90s, like, 90s hip-hop song that, like, pops on. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's like, so DMX funny. or something. Yeah, it's amazing. It's so that's funny. It's one of my wife's favorites as well. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty amazing. Um, no, but I like, I think I like Baby Yoda um, because I've seen the the real Yoda, right? The, oh, my gosh. Which, the real one. And I should... Yeah, and I, sh I should say, like, there's no, like, one, right? There's always, like, a couple of these um, yeah. because they have to use them over and over again. But um, so I love that idea of um, – well, I mean, I'm a historian as well, too. So I just love the idea of, like, going back and seeing the seeing the source, right? Yes, so yeah. going back and seeing the, seeing the little guy is – it's well done. I think it's so, really well So done. you think it stacks up, then? You, you Like, when you look at Baby Yoda, you're like, yes, that grew up to be a – Oh, that's a good question. Well, I mean, like based on seeing the the real Yoda puppet, you're like that. It's you know, it actually holds or can stand next to the the regular one, or the sorry, the later one. Maybe, maybe okay. I have. Yeah, I I now that you say that, I think I've kind of had that thought. Like, does this little guy look like what the older guy 
would look like, right? Right. Um, or even, like, have the same kind of, like, essence to them. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I would, I'd be in the camp of yes. Okay. Far out. Far out. <laughs> have, um, all right, here's, here's a random one, and, um, you probably, I, I have no idea. Have you ever met George Lucas? I have. Okay. Yeah. Nice, nice guy. Although, um, met is a strong word. I wouldn't say we, well, that's not true. We exchanged, we, we exchanged names. Um, yeah, he's a very nice guy. He is very quiet. He's very to himself. Um, actually the, the, the one time I actually like met him and shook his hand, um, uh, you know, the, the, uh, we were on the, uh, Skywalker, uh, ranch, ranch property yeah. <clears throat> up in Marin County here. And there's a main house, um, which has like a, a cafe and, um, my team pretty consistently would have a 3 PM coffee. And so we'd go to the main house to get a coffee and the curators were there and it was the first time the curators had just been hired. So we were just meeting them for the first time. And so we're just chatting and it was the first time visiting the ranch, which is just a very uh, magical place in and of itself. And I'm chatting their ear off about the ranch dogs because the ranch has um these um uh sheep dogs that are um just amazing they're they're, they literally are living like their best life because they're they're working ranch dogs and everyone loves them and stuff so i'm like i'm telling this story about how wonderful these dogs are and i'm just blabbering about it honestly and I see somebody like walk up to my side and I don't really pay attention. I just turn and kind of immediately like, hi, I'm Adele and take my hand out. And it's, it's George Lucas. It's like, hi, I'm and George. He, <laughs> no, not even. He's just like, hi, <laughs> hi. <laughs> no introduction needed, you know? Yeah. It was, it's his ranch. <laughs> yeah. So uh, then I finished telling the story about the dogs and, uh, that was, that was my five minutes with George Lucas. Oh, that's cool. That's more than most people get around there. I hear it's just sort of scary. It's like, yeah, I work a little bit for, Edutopia, which is one of his um, uh-huh. education platforms, and so yeah, um, even the they they have meetings out there, and, and they have yet to see yet to see George, but um, he's doing good uh-huh. work, funding good work. Yeah, yes, um, yes, he is. That's awesome. So you were right there for the transition from um, from George Lucas to Disney or Lucasfilm to Disney. Um, do you have an opinion, or what do you what do you think of what Disney has done so far? Um, we have a great yeah. time sort of debating and sharing different perspectives on like what they do. So it's like, it's okay. Like, there's, right. you know, and we, I mean, again, I love it all. I'm just like more please. Um, but you know, but it's obviously it's a hot button issue and people have a lot of yeah. opinions right now. And, um, I don't know. Yeah. Just what, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, you know, uh, on George's, on George's side of it, I see why he did it, right? Absolutely. I think that Disney, um, I think that Disney is a fine steward of the Star Wars legacy. Um, I think because they will capitalize on it and they'll keep it alive. So I think that the question of whether or not it went to Disney or not would be a question of whether or not Star Wars died or not, honestly. Um, and so, if you're in the camp of just yeah let's keep let's let's keep it going then i think it's fantastic i think if you're in the camp of it was beautiful and we should learn to let go and let be what it was right <laughs> then you know disney is absolutely exploiting star wars for all it can um right yeah i i'm not a huge 
um, Disney person, so I don't, I think in general, like anything they do, um, it's not really of my, like within my orbit, you know what I mean? Got it. But, um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I think that's where I'd lay on it. I think, um, I think I'm happy with, uh, episodes four, five, and six, and the yes. rest is, okay. is whatever people want to do with it. Yeah. Cool. So you're just like, yeah, that was it. And like, let's, let's just put it in a glass case and re- remember it for how awesome it is. Yeah. Pretty awesome. much. Awesome. I'm 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 big in life on just kind of letting letting go of things and letting things have right. their own their own voice and space. Yeah. That's very that's very healthy. That sounds cool. Um, it's <laughs> and it's a really good it's a really interesting perspective coming from you specifically that's been so close to it and so seeing um and what you've seen. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting. I'll say this too. It's in that regard. You know, I <laughs> I have worked in a field uh, for like over 15 years predicated on this idea of kind of keeping and holding on to the past yeah. and um that that needs to happen and over the years i am less and less of that person that feels like you know what what, what are we really keeping on to right like are we like let's think about what we're keeping on to and why and working i've working in this collection i've never worked in in a collection like this before right i've i've either worked with like fine art or archaeological objects that have like ethnographic and sacred meaning to cultures and and whomever and um this collection is so interesting because it is so uh it's so beloved i've never worked anywhere where people have such an emotional reactions to the objects and what you're talking about are objects that are not real (laughs) right Right. They're they're completely made up they're made up for a movie they weren't even meant to stick around right like they on a whim i think george decided to keep everything but when they were making them they weren't designed for you know going into a museum when after the movies were done and yet i and yet i've never worked anywhere where people feel so strongly about them it's and it's really fascinating and it has everything to do with the uh the nostalgia of having seen the movies for the first time and what that did for for people especially especially the people when it like were that were around when like first came out right this whole population of people in their 50s that um are just like that kind of first generation of fans yeah that um literally i've seen like literally i've seen tears like the emotions of showing someone this thing and they're just like oh my god it's the thing and you're like yeah but it's also uh a complete solid you know rubber like (laughs) whatever it is you know like what you're looking at so yeah, I mean, um, if I saw the Yoda puppet, so, I would cry on the spot. I would just, just exactly. tons of tears, just like waves of tears. Exactly. Of joy. So, so, it, so, it, so this idea of like letting something go and then the, that, yeah, I just there's something to it, right? Like, like absolutely. The what it really pulls out for us by keeping this, but at the same time, what is it really doing doing for us by keeping this? Like, what it's a so just a larger philosophical question just for you know whether whether it's this collection or just museums at large and just keeping stuff um and what we're really doing with that you know yeah absolutely did you ever did you ever read um campbell's stuff uh, here of a thousand faces i haven't read it i know that uh george was um heavily influenced by it and i've read some of his stuff but i i haven't yeah yeah it. i think yeah. That, yeah it might be i mean my own personal theory is just like the that myth you know where he just imbued yeah. so much myth in there helped to sort of sustain it a long time where he thought he was sort of creating modern myth and that sort right. of set it apart but um fascinating yeah. it's fascinating how you now like through your eyes and now after talking to you i'm just like 
like this happened like you're it's like you are this historian that's looking into this fake history but like you make it real in that you're kind of you know categorizing yeah. it and you've you've touched the things like you've, you've yeah. held the the artifacts it's so fantastic yeah, um, yeah yeah um so moving on to some other stuff i know so you do costumes as well or you you worked with the costumes did you i know there's been some huge like costume exhibitions that have traveled around have yeah. did you have any um any part in that uh, no, that, that's um, so. When I was hired, there was already a standing archive staff um, yeah. that worked with with the archive, and so they were um, they were brought into the museum, and they were the ones managing um, those large. They still are managing those traveling exhibitions. Cool. Yeah. Uh, awesome. So, um, what about so what what's the most like intricate or highly detailed art piece or prop in the archives? What like what's what's the the most impressive piece? I know you had your personal um your your generator Death Star generator piece, yeah, yeah. but yeah um uh, I would definitely say it's the models, and I might even wager that it is the Death Star model. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's uh. So the Death Star model that is um in the archive is the one after it's been exploded, <clears throat> excuse me. So it's half destroyed. Yeah. And, um, uh, it's made, it looks like it's, if you look up close, the, so the whole thing was, was hand built. All these models were hand built by these, wow. by these model makers. And, um, the model stands, uh, see if I remember the dimensions on that, actually, um, <laughs> something, something like 40, maybe something like, let's say like 60 by 60 inches so it's, a, it's on a big it's mounted on a big square mount um and he had hand i actually met, met the model maker i unfortunately can't remember his recall his name at the moment but he um kind of hand modeled and shaped the uh the pieces that made up this the the death star and if you look closely they almost look like he cut out shapes from like wire screen and just kind of molded it all together and everything is kind of individually painted and it's so intricate and it's multi-layered because to give depth to the death star itself um and shaped so beautifully and and uh yeah it's it's a it's an impressive one that is fascinating i i really i'm going to travel out there to see what we can do and that um, if in in a hypothetical world if you were a tour guide and had to do a quick tour what like four or five or maybe let's say three or four things would you be like all right you have to see this i mean obviously you just said this death star model um which would be mm-hmm. fantastic but are any other pieces that you're just like they're they're the greatest thing that you that you would you would personally want to show off mm-hmm. uh yes okay so uh there is um they have a whole collection of matte paintings right so ilm uh back in the 70s developed uh I might have this wrong. I don't want to. I don't want to say this and be completely wrong on my information. But I, I feel like I recall hearing somewhere that Island was on the on the forefront of developing the technology around matte paintings. And matte paintings, if you're not familiar, are um, actual hand painted yes. uh, works of art that were uh, used as backgrounds prior to um, you know digital C- CGI kind of backgrounding. Yes, and so they would they would do the they would paint the scene in the back, and then they would green screen the folks kind of in front of it. Um, there, uh, they have a whole collection of these really early matte paintings, and again, since they had like very little money, 
those, these early matte paintings were actually done either on like scrap board that they could find, or there's um, like a little, there's a little over a hundred of, of um, uh, sliding glass doors that they bought at like a Home Depot that they did these matte, these matte paintings on, on this glass, on glass panes. Um, there's one in particular that shows, um, that shows a scene that when I first saw it was, uh, like blew my mind that that was a matte painting. I was like, Oh my God. It was like the, the scene actually has a crowd behind it. And, um, all those, that whole crowd was a matte painting. And I was like, this will forever change the way I watch this movie. So definitely the matte painting. Um, uh, I hope that they show the, um, I hope that they show these uh, sculpty clay models that they did of characters, right? When okay. they were developing characters, yes, they would make yeah. these models and things like that. They've got, there's two sets of, of these models that are particularly uh, impressive. One is they have this, uh, this whole set of early um, maquettes, they're called, of characters from the original classics when they were developing what they would look like. And so there's like, you know, five to six different maps and maybe too much maybe like like three or four different um maquettes for potential ewoks and they're just Ooh. crazy looking there's one maquette for java that just looks like this giant slug that that you can kind of see where they're going with java but at the same time you're like wow that's really glad they didn't go there um <laughs> so those are super interesting to see and then in the in the later um movies <clears throat> the episodes one two and three they started making these maquettes out of the sculpey and they are beautiful. They are so detailed. They, um, they're very, very fragile. They're unfired clay, um, that, uh, they're just, they're, they're gorgeous. I just really hope they put them on display. Um, if they're able to safely. Um, and then, um, yeah, there's some other things I hope they show that I actually can't, I can't talk about. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's amazing that you were talking about. And I'm so glad you mentioned the map paintings. I, I work with Grant, who's one of the other hosts, and um, he, mm. was, he was a film major and filmmaker. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he, he was like, oh, I wonder if she worked on those matte paintings. Um, yeah. He was very interested in those. Um, and, yeah, and, you know, I've seen the videos. They sort of show, like, oh, yeah, back in the day, this is how we made the movies. These were the backgrounds. Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine standing next to one. It would just, uh, yeah, drive me crazy. They're very cool. They're very cool. Oh, and I should also mention the um, model of – uh, Han Solo in Carbonite. Oh yes, it's pretty cool. The the full size thing they actually had in the like they made like a full size um, model of Harrison Ford. We even have the um, <clears throat> excuse me the interior um, like sh- like sh- shaping they put over his body before they made the model. So it's a, so it's a life size thing that they rolled out and they still have it. And that's oh uh, man, that would that, that would be so that's the thing where you look at it, you're like oh my god it's a carbonate. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. That is uh, that's so great. Oh my goodness! I'm definitely going to have to check out this museum when it's finished there. Um, yeah. All right. So I, I, one final question um, before we move on to hyperspeed hot takes. <laughs> um, and this is just um, this is also sort of free association. Uh, when you think of Star Wars, what's the first thing that springs to mind? Uh, Boba Fett. Oh, love it. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome awesome um okay then i guess we're gonna go into hyperspace hot takes you ready you i'm re- ready you ready for the hot takes okay these are pretty hard-hitting questions so you know oh God. buckle up um all right x-wing or tie fighter 
TIE Fighter. All right. Blaster or lightsaber? Lightsaber. Okay. Jedi or Sith? Jedi. Cool. Favorite color lightsaber? Ooh, uh, blue. Blue, okay. Um, who would you want to teach you the ways of the Force? Yoda. Nice. If you had all the films laid out in front of you right now, which one would you watch? Six. Oh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love the Ewoks. Nice. Yeah. Terrio was uh, the guy that um, wrote um, The Rise of Skywalker. Was heavily, that was his favorite, too. He loved Return of the ah. Jedi. Um, okay. Um, which is your favorite aspect of Star Wars? The Force, the warfare, or the politics? The Force. All right. Me, too. In your eyes, who is the best pilot to ever grace the galaxy? I think I know where you're going with this one. <laughs> uh, Han Solo. Yeah, gotta be Han, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, what's your favorite planet? Favorite planet? Tatooine. Tatooine, okay. Uh, R2 or 3PO? R2. R2. Nice. Uh, Anakin or Vader? Vader. Nice. All right. Um, Ewoks or Porgs? Uh, Ewoks. You are in Yuck. Love the Ewoks. Um, yeah. and all right, favorite bounty hunter? Uh, I mean, Boba Fett. Why did I even ask, right? Um, yeah, it's, it's already just come up. <laughs> <laughs> favorite species? Favorite species? Shoot, that's a harder one. Yeah. Uh, thinking, I mean, Greedo is a Rodian, you Greedo guy. And, uh, Wookiee. Ewoks are a species. Ewoks are a species. I actually, and I, I, I now know so many species <laughs> because of concept art. <clears throat> um, and I'm drawing a blank on any of them. I'm going to say favorite species is um, uh, the, uh, what's his face? Uh, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. It's, the guy that. It's a lot um, of pressure here. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> uh, the guy that uh, Luke rides in um, Hoth, on Hoth. The two-legged. Oh, uh, Tauntauns. Tauntaun. That's it. Nice. Yes. Those... I, could pi- I could picture. I could picture the the, <laughs> the, horns the model in the, the costume, and I couldn't like. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> that's. Uh, I can't imagine being like, okay, and this Athorian head goes over here. Like that would just be like <laughs> one of my favorite things ever. Um, what about favorite monsters or favorite um, monster that you have? Um. I'm terrible with the names. I should know the name too. But it's okay. I can I'm so help removed you out. from it. The um, the oh, the Rancor. That's his name. The Rancor. I was I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I bet you'll yeah. say Rancor because it's awesome. Yeah. Because it's uh, awesome. Because it's awesome, and you're awesome, Adele. Um, thank, uh, thank you very much for um for walking us through all this. What like a fantastic perspective on on Star Wars. Uh, it's so unique, and um, it's really great that you're able to um, walk us through it and, and um, show us this this world. So um, thanks very much for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Ben. This is a lot of fun. I appreciate it. All right, take care. You too. Bye. Okay, that was this week's episode of Core World News. Thanks very much, as always, for listening. Uh, can't wait to talk to you again next week. May the Force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you.
always.